Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, back in the basement, to talk about some more wrestling that I didn't think I was going to talk about. Welcome if you're a returning listener. Welcome if you're not, I guess. Welcome anybody who's listening to this, to be honest. Uh, So I talked about it on the main show. If you are a new listener, I have a what I call the flagship show that I host with my teenage son on Saturdays, where we talk about NXT, AEW Dynamite, Impact Wrestling, some trivia, some updates from the world of wrestling action figures. Sometimes we'll even talk about Rampage and any other wrestling we've sort of checked out that week. And in that podcast, I talked about how I wasn't going to be covering Ring of Honor anymore. I normally do these Ring of Honor solo missions on Sundays, Mondays, or Tuesdays, whenever I find the time. But because of the news that Ring of Honor is going to go on hiatus for at least three months uh, and about to release all of their talent before they do that, I thought I wouldn't bother reviewing the weekly show because it's, to me it's just sort of like they're running out the clock on the product at this point. Uh, because I even have concerns that will they return after three months. They claim they're going to come back, I think, in March or something. But I would even question that if you were to the point where you need to release all of your talent and you need to take a three-month hiatus. I th- don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they just don't come back. I, I obviously hope they do because I'm a fan of wrestling. I watch the show every week. I review the show every week. But anyways, I thought I wasn't going to talk about it this week. But here I am. It showed up on my PVR So then I thought I would at least watch it, and then I thought, well, you're watching it, so really it doesn't take much to take notes and talk about it, spend half an hour talking about it afterwards. The clocks went back, I picked up an hour, I got my workout done early this morning, so football hasn't started yet, so I decided to sit down and watch the show, and then I figured it wasn't a big deal to come down here. There are a few of you that actually do listen to me talk about Ring of Honor, which a big thanks to you guys who do check out the Ring of Honor solo missions every week. So I decided to keep it rolling. So that being said, I believe that brings us to Ring of Honor episode 528. They did take a week off. They claimed there was some sort of issue from their parent company, Sinclair Broadcasting. So they did not do a a new show last week. I think they just did a best of Jay Lethal or something, which I didn't check out and didn't review. Uh, It looked like maybe there was some sort of hacking or some sort of issue from Sinclair so they didn't have anything but this week it was a new episode I believe it is still five number 528 as they're going in order and they didn't have a fresh one last week so that being said I say we get into talking about this week's episode of Ring of Honor episode number 528. So this show, instead of starting out with Quinn at the desk running down tonight's show as it usually does, instead we get a hype video with a professional voiceover artist to start the show. So the voice tells us that the wrestlers scratch and claw their way to the top, and that once that pinnacle has been reached, there is no time for rest. And this raises the age-old question, is it harder to win a championship or to hold on to the championship? So tonight, the technical beast Josh Woods will defend his pure championship for the first time against a friend and rising star in the pure division, LSG. Then, the most wanted champion with a target on his back defends the ROH World Championship against a man who hopes to catch lightning in a bottle once again. And then they quickly show us highlights of Alex Zane. They never actually name him, but they show us that that who will be facing um, Bandito tonight. And I really liked this introduction. It was just a change of pace. 
it, the video was really slick and well done. The voice actor sounded great, and it did kind of make this show feel a little bit more important and make it feel like these are slightly bigger matches than usual because we are getting the two main titles, singles titles, that is, defended on this episode. So I thought that this uh, voiceover and package sort of helped. Uh, and to be honest, I guess another reason I did decide to watch and review this particular episode after I thought I wouldn't was that I did see that it would have Bandito versus Zayn as the main event. And I think that that could just be an excellent match. So uh, another reason I wanted to check it out. And after hearing the matches for the show, I thought that initially, right, neither result is really in doubt because I can't imagine they're going to switch the titles to either of these guys. Um, so that would be kind of shocking. But then I started thinking some more and thinking if they are really releasing anyone, everyone from their contract and they're essentially the reports are they're going to become just a super indie promotion uh, that Bandito is more likely to sign a contract somewhere else, whereas Alex Zane seems much more likely to remain an independent worker. So then you're like, would they change the title? But I also think the big problem with that theory is I think these were recorded in advance before any of these announcements came out. I could be wrong. But I still think it's highly unlikely that we have any title changes on this show. But I sort of talked myself into that maybe there could be because Zane is an independent guy and Bandito is going to get snapped up by somebody almost for sure. So that was sort of my logic. But I'm still going to be really shocked if any titles change hands. But anyways, let's get into the show. So we then get the opening theme and the usual video that it goes along with it. And then we do actually go to Quinn at the desk welcoming us to the show. Um... And that sort of raised the question, I wonder where Quinn will end up. She's been with Ring of Honor for a very long time, seems very loyal to them. And I think she has a lot of talent either in this role as an interviewer and sort of host, or, uh, I mean, she's obviously had a couple wrestling matches now. And I mean, she needs experience for sure. She's very new to it, but she shows promise. She's in incredible shape. So um, I think she's going to have some options probably, which is good for her. So if ROH does come back, maybe she'll still be there. Or maybe she, since contracts are pretty much up, she moves somewhere else. I guess we'll find out. Anyways, regardless of where she's going to end up, she tells us that today is the championship edition and that there are two major championship matches. She reminds us that Alex Zane won the Honor Rumble at Death Before Dishonor to earn a championship, championship shot and that he has already uh, gotten a win over Bandito in the past and that his goal is to do it one more time to obtain the most prestigious title in all of professional wrestling. Uh, sorry, Quinn, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that. I think that's a little bit of a stretch to call the ROH World Championship the most prestigious, but I get what you're doing here. You're just trying to help things out, help the company out a little bit. Then she talks about LSG moving up the pure rankings and earning a title shot against Josh Woods tonight. So Quinn did her usual good job here. I did appreciate the reminder of how Alex Zane got his title shot just for people like me who tend to forget things, especially if it was a while ago. But to be honest, they're having this opening video and then Quinn coming pretty much right after it and talking about the exact same thing felt a little bit like overkill, but it wasn't really a big deal here. Um, just Quinn doing her usual thing. It's just they inserted a package ahead of this sort of outlining exactly this. But anyways, then Ian Riccoboni welcomes us to the arena um, and he calls also this is a championship edition of ROH TV in case we missed that information the first couple times we've already gotten it. And LSG makes his ent entrance. 
So they're doing what they do a lot of times. Um, the wrestler makes their entrance and then they cut to a pre-recorded promo from that wrestler. And that's the case here for LSG. So he's making his entrance. We go to a promo where he says that he and Josh Woods are friends. They've traveled together and they've trained together. But ROH wasn't a backup plan or a second option for LSG. You can teach pro wrestling, but you can't teach passion or love for wrestling, I think, which he's had since 15, he added. And can Josh say this about himself? And that's why LSG will be the next ROH Pure Wrestling Champion. So many times with these promos in ROH, I talk about how they're basically generic. They're not doing any, it's kind of standard. They're not really adding anything to the matches. But I really liked this brief promo from LSG here. I like that he acknowledged his friendship with Woods, but then he sort of points out that Woods is an MMA fighter first, and then he turned a pro wrestler second, whereas to contrast, LSG has loved pro wrestling, and that's been his only goal since he was a kid, and that so he sort of somewhat seems like resents Woods treating wrestling as a plan B. So I thought this was a really simple, realistic point of view for LSG to take, and if you listen to me talk about wrestling, you know that I like the realistic storylines whenever possible, um, which is why in Impact I struggle with things like Decay and I struggle with, um, I was struggling with Alexa Bliss and any sort of supernatural things like that that are really hard to believe I struggle with. I kind of like the realistic stuff and I thought that's what we were getting here and I thought LSG delivered the message with good intensity so I really like this brief promo and that's nice because most of the time on ROH promos I'm like, yep, it was fine, it was standard. Um, there was nothing really advanced here, just a generic kind of promo, but this one I felt was more than that, so that was nice to see. So Josh Woods then makes his entrance, and we cut to a recorded promo from him as well. He puts over the pure title and some of the men who have held the title before him. He says that now he's one of those men. He doesn't care how close he and LSG are or how great LSG is in the ring. Not today. So again... This was shorter, more similar to the generic ones we usually get, but he did acknowledge the relationship that he and LSG sort of have heading into this match. So I guess it was okay. It didn't really add anything, but he acknowledges sort of what LSG had to say at least. So that takes us into the match. It is LSG versus Josh Woods. Surprise, surprise, for the Pure Division Championship. And Brian Johnson has joined commentary for, commentary for this match, as I always talk about on this show. ROH is obsessed with having guest commentators. I don't really think it's a problem. I just generally don't find that they add too many, but I did actually make some notes of some things Brian Johnson said during this match. So let's get to it. LSG goes for several pinfalls early on before we get some mat work as Josh Woods looks for a Kimura. Woods then locks in a cravat, which would return quite a bit, and LSG uses his first rope break here, because in the pure wrestling, you only get three rope breaks and one closed fist, and then those things no longer apply. So back to the cravat, LSG eventually counters it with a back suplex, but Woods just does not release the cravat, which I thought was a nice touch. So LSG has to counter it again. He picks Woods up sort of like in a body slam position, and but then flips that into a flatliner, which I thought looked nice. We get a Muda lock by LSG, and now um, Brian Johnson says that Woods seems like a guy that would quit a lot. But instead of quitting, Woods gets to the ropes to use his first rope break. And then he slaps LSG so hard that LSG falls to the floor. Ricky bon Rickaboni tells us 
If this match takes all of their TV time, then the main event will move to Honor Club because basically I, I believe it is that pure championship matches have a 60-minute time limit. So in theory, that could fill up the whole show. And Brian Johnson adds here that if this match goes another 45 minutes, he's going to need a barf bag. So he's not exactly building up the match or either of these people. He is a pure 100% heel and he hates everybody. So he is critical of both men in this match. Uh, so we then get a strike exchange on the floor. Woods ends up blocking a satellite DDT that LSG's attempting using the barricade. And Woods hits an overhead belly to belly to LSG on the floor instead. Uh, Woods then back in the ring rains down elbows and forearms uh, before reapplying the cravat as Johnson says that Woods hasn't learned anything since second grade. We get a stunner by LSG as he escapes the cravat heading into a commercial break. We come back, we get a pump kick, a leaping forearm in the corner, and a leaping clothesline for a two count by LSG. LSG then bridges out of a pinfall attempt, hits a double underhook flipping slam for two, I, re I even rewound it a couple times to try and catch what Riccoboni was calling it. A Saint-splosion, something-plosion. I didn't quite catch it, but they let us know that this has won many matches for LSG, but it doesn't here. Brian Johnson then tells us that <laughs> Woods is tough as a $2 stake and about as smart as one. LSG then counters Woods' finisher into a roll-up for a near fall and then hits the rocket by Baby, another one of his signature moves. Um, but then he goes for a springboard, some sort of springboard move, gets caught in a cravat right off of the springboard. We get a knee strike, and then the beast slam, which is basically Josh Woods has you in a tombstone grip, and then just falls back and flips you overhead for a slam. And he locks in the gorilla lock for the win, as uh, LSG quickly has to top, tap out. And Brian Johnson on commentary is critical of Woods for applying a submission hold to a man had that had basically been knocked out by the beast slam already, which is a fair point if that's the case, right? You pretty much knocked him out with your beast slam, and now you're just hooking in a submission to a guy that's partially unconscious, I guess was the point. Anyways, uh, the two men shake hands after the match. Woods holds up the title high over his head as LSG rolls out of the ring and heads up the ramp. So my thoughts on this match, I quite like this match, to be honest, and that's not always the case in pure rules matches, first of all. It's not always the case in Josh Woods matches, second of all. It's not that he's not terrific, it's just sometimes his style is not for me. If he gets into a really mat-based holds and counters type of match with somebody, I get a little bit bored, but this was not the case in this match. I thought LSG looked really good, especially in his counters to Woods moves. And that sort of illustrates this point that he knows Josh Woods really well and has trained with him. So he had some counters ready for some of Josh's more signature moves. LSG got to hit his signature offense, which I thought looked pretty good. And then Woods got to look dominant in the end as this impressive finishing sequence with the beast slam right into the gorilla lock looked really good. So the pace was steady. It wasn't fast. And the holds and counters, like I sort of mentioned, were, were minimal here uh, for a pure match especially. So the result was never in doubt in this match, I didn't think. But I thought it was a very good competitive match to open the show where each competitor, I thought, came away looking good. So all in all, a successful opening match. We then come back from another commercial break with highlights. I thought this was an interesting decision. Instead of putting in a short third match or something, they decided to go with highlights of an ROH Halloween special from YouTube and Honor Club. So I didn't watch this. It basically, we see Max the Impalers throwing people around. I think it was Quinn McKay and somebody else maybe. So really brief highlights of that. Then some extended highlights of a multi-tag team match um, featuring a whole bunch of people. And then 
a few highlights again from um, Shane Taylor Promotions taking on Dan Howes and PCO and Sledge. So they showed quite a bit of stuff here, but I'm not going to recap a recap because I didn't watch it and I think that's just kind of strange and pointless. So basically I'm letting you know that this did happen in the middle of the show. So again, an interesting choice because this was enough time. They showed quite a bit of a couple of these matches for some reason. So there, I think there would have been time to insert a short match here, which I would have preferred something new, but they went with this and that's fine. It felt like they just needed to fill some time on this episode. So they chose to do it with a, a little bit extended highlights in a recap of this Halloween show. We then get back to sort of the actual show, I guess, and Quinn is talking to Josh Woods backstage about his win. He's asked how he feels about his successful title defense, and he says 1-0 and and walks away. And Quinn just basically says, succinct, succinct, sorry, a man of few words. So I'm not sure why this was necessary. Uh, Josh Woods literally said three words and walked out, so it felt kind of pointless to me. I don't know if they're trying to get over some sort of character shift where he is this guy that barely says anything, but I thought this was an odd choice as well to kind of have a three-syllable interview, basically, with Josh Woods. But anyways, we go back down to commentary, and Rick Abani and Caprice Coleman, the cameras focused on them as they're in front of a brick wall, they start to talk about Alex Zane and his path to tonight's title match, but you can see the Beer City Brawler walking up and then Brian Malonis and Ken Dixon as well join him. They're a, um, a faction at this point. So the Brawler steals Riccoboni's headset off his head, puts it on, and talks about how he was illegally eliminated from the Rumble that Zane went on to win. And then I thought this was interesting as it this was supposed to appear obviously as an impromptu these guys just showing up, but magically they have a replay queued up and ready to go where Caprice Coleman, it looks like he left the announce table during that rumble to eliminate the brawler and brawler seems like he has a point here, is pretty upset about that, that he should not have been, that shouldn't have been a legal elimination. So things kind of escalate. The brawler puts his hands on Ian Riccoboni because he sort of stood up um, and then Caprice Coleman comes to his defense. A little bit of a shoving match ensues and it looks like we're going to get a match between Caprice Coleman and the brawler. And I think the graphic they run at the end of the show said that will be next week. So the segment itself I thought was okay. Riccoboni ends looking shaken up and Coleman sort of telling him he's proud of him for standing up for himself. So the actual segment, I thought it was fine. And based on the footage they showed, it seems like the brawler has a point here. Um, and this group do a good job as bullies, this group of Dixon and the brawler and Brian Malonis. And I like that they are bullies picking on like really weak targets in the announcers in theory, right? But Caprice Coleman was a former wrestler tag team champion, I believe, uh, with the company. So he's finally had enough of these guys. And I guess he's going to return to the ring to take on the Beer City Brawler next week. So I can't say I'm very interested in the match. The Brawler's not one of my favorites. And Coleman, I mean, he doesn't really wrestle anymore. So it doesn't really intrigue me too much. But I thought the segment itself was good enough. We come back from another commercial break. And now we get an Alex Zane promo. He says he saw Bandito win the championship. And he knows that he can beat Bandito again. Just like he did before with the taco driver he says he will become the roh world champion and that the sauce is coming so bandito should come and get a taste bandito gets an immediate reply in a promo of his own and he acknowledges that zane did in fact beat him over a year ago and that zane has probably learned a few new things since then but that that won't be enough to beat bandito this time as he's the most wanted champion and everything is possible 
which I think is a bit of a contradiction. You're, I know his catchphrase is everything is possible, but he's basically saying, hey, Zane, you're not going to beat me, but everything is possible. So <laughs> I don't know. So these were short, basic promos, more similar to what we usually get on ROH. So it provided yet another recap of the situation involving these two. And I don't think there's anything wrong with either of these promos, but it was information we'd already been given a couple times on the show already. So I guess it was maybe to establish Zayn as a heel because he came across that way in the promo. But then uh, in the match and post-match, I mean, there was a handshake and a hug. So I don't know if I just misinterpreted this. I thought the main point of this was, yes, here's our heel and babyface dynamic, but maybe not. Anyways, pretty standard stuff here. Nothing bad, but nothing revolutionary either. We then get the actual match, which is our main event. And it is Alex Zane taking on Bandito for the ROH World Championship um, Jonathan Gresham, because somebody has to, he's joined commentary for this one. And when he's asked why, Gresham says the pure championship is in good hands with Josh Woods now. So to change the company, he needs to start at the top. And the power lies in having that ROH World Championship. And so I believe on our main show a couple weeks ago, I talked about how um, in storyline wise, I guess Gresham had applied with the board of directors or whatever it's called to shift because according to their um, story, you can only be in one um, division at a time. So Gresham has petitioned the powers that be to shift from the pure division to the ROH championship division. And I guess this is them starting to acknowledge that as he's here to watch and comment on this championship match main event. So the match starts and Zayn and Bandito cautiously kind of circle each other before we get a huge few holds and counters focus, focusing on each other's left arm. We then get a few quick pinfall attempts by Zane before Bandito lands some quick kicks and a code red for a two count. We get what I'm calling a pendulum face buster. Um, basically, Zane has Bandito in a sidewalk slam grip, but then flips him over and slams him. It looks pretty cool. We get a somersault axe kick to the back of Bandito's head for a two count. Zane then runs at Bandito, but Bandito counters with a gorilla press, even moving to just one hand uh, for a minute. Bandito is incredibly strong. He then turns this gorilla press into a falcon arrow, then immediately follows with a standing moonsault for two in what I thought was a pretty cool sequence. Zane, a little bit later, hits a handstand head scissors that pulls Bandito off the top rope, but Bandito comes back with a fallaway power bomb that was pretty cool as well. We get a jumping kick to the head by Zane, and now both men are down in, on the mat and the referee is counting. They both get up, we get a slap exchange before both of them end up up top and Bandito gets Zane, he's standing on the second rope in the corner, gets Zane into a torture rack and then turns it into like a face first slam as he sort of sits out from the second rope. It looked awesome, I don't know, I wish Jack, my son, were doing the podcast with me, he could probably explain that better to you or actually know what the name of it was, but it was basically a torture rack into a face buster sort of off of the second rope, it looked pretty awesome. We then get a quarter and clothesline by Bandito. Both men again head up top, and Bandito is looking for his moonsault fallaway slam, which is an amazing move as well, but we don't get it here. Instead, Zane counters it with that same pendulum face buster, I'm going to call it, but this time off of the second rope, and he earns a near, near fall from that. It looked pretty cool as well. Bandito then counters a, some sort of pump handle into a roll-up for a two count. We get the nice X knee by Bandito, and that leaves sort of Zane set up perfectly for the 21-plex, which Bandito does hit, 
but instead of going for the pinfall right away, he rolls through, adds a bridging German suplex, and he does end up pinning Alex Zane here, and Bandito retains the ROH World Championship after just over 10 minutes of this match. Bandito then raises the belt in celebration and sort of stares at and points at, I believe, Jonathan Gresham at the announce table as Gresham is standing with his headset off and just sort of nodding to acknowledge it. So I guess we're getting a little bit of a foreshadow of where that is going to be going. And wow, what a match that would be. I, I would sign up to watch Gresham, Gresham Bandito pretty much any time. So my thoughts on this match, a really good match, a lot of in innovative offense that I found a little bit difficult to describe. And that's what I've noticed about Alex Zane. When I heard he was uh, signed to NXT for his cup of coffee that he spent there, I went back and checked out some highlight videos and indie stuff from Zane, And he has a lot of innovative kind of interesting offense. Um, so the pace to this match wasn't as furiously quick as I might have expected, but it was steady and there were no lulls. Zane got to showcase a lot of his unique style Bandito, as always, shows off his crazy strength and his exciting offense as well. I really think the one problem here, and obviously not the fault of either of these performers, is the lack of the crowd became really evident here because this match was really fun and there were a lot of spots that would have definitely had a lot of reaction from fans had there been any in attendance. So it must be hard for these guys because I guarantee all of them, or most of them to some degree, draw some energy from the fans, right? And their sort of reactions to things. So devoid of fan reaction, it must be a little bit challenging for these guys to do some of the things they do. Um, but anyways, regardless, I have become a fan of Alex Zane lately. I think he has a lot of potential. I'm a little bit surprised he's not signed with some company somewhere. Um, I don't think he signed with ROH, but doesn't matter anyways, even if he is, all of those contracts are going to be over shortly uh, regardless. Um, and Bandito has always been a, one of my favorites in Ring of Honor, so I thought these two provided us with a really entertaining main event that I would recommend. Again, I just wish there could have been a crowd to see it because there was lots of stuff that was cool and would have gotten a big reaction, but... These are the times we live in, and ROH is the most cautious probably of any wrestling company when it comes to COVID restrictions, which I respect. It just means that we get a ton of empty arena stuff from them, but a really good main event, I thought. So overall, obviously, I'm glad I decided to watch and sit down and talk about this show because I really enjoyed it. Having two title matches on the show helped it feel important because sometimes I complain about the lack of star power on ROH episodes simply because they have one hour of TV every week. There's no way they can get everybody on, so you'll go weeks at a time without hearing anything about Bandito or anything about Josh Woods. So we got both of them on the show tonight in action defending their titles in good matches. So even if the outcome of each of these matches was pretty obvious as it was, both of them were very good and I mean, they would have benefited from a live crowd, but nonetheless, they were entertaining for me. I really liked LSG's promo as well. And even the opening segment and video with the voiceover, I thought that was a nice touch that helped this show feel a little bit more important. Even the interaction between the brawler and Caprice Coleman was pretty well done, despite me not having a lot of interest in the match. That segment itself, I had no issue with. All in all, I thought this was a really strong show from Ring of Honor, pretty much from top to bottom. I'm going to give it a very strong A- minus this week. I would recommend, and the minus really comes from them choosing to put in um, a bunch of highlights from that Halloween show rather than some sort of new programming, whether it was a vignette for somebody or a short match or something. Otherwise, I would say this was an A show because that middle chunk where they did the highlights from the Halloween thing was kind of missable as far as I'm concerned. 
but I would recommend, so I'm saying an A minus, and I would recommend the main event especially, but I also think the opening pure championship match was worth checking out as well. Well, that's going to bring me to the end of talking about Ring of Honor 528. I do think the plan is at some point Jack and I are going to watch Rampage. I already watched it and I just really liked it, so I was hoping he would watch it. And we might come back down here tonight to talk about that, but it may get pushed till tomorrow. He's got some chores to finish up and then he's heading to uh, the movies with some friends of his tonight. So we'll see if we have time to talk about Rampage a bit early. So in case we didn't get to that, I thought in lieu of that, I'd get down here and I would record this ROH review. So at least you've got that if you're a big fan of FNS Wrestling, which why wouldn't you be? There's a maybe dozens of you out there I don't know but I'm just kidding but anyways so keep an eye out for that it may come out today it may come out tomorrow if I can get him to find the time to get down here and talk about it but regardless we will for sure be back here on Saturday when we're gonna have episode 69 of our main show where we'll talk about all kinds of stuff so I really want to thank you for listening anytime you give us out of your week to listen to us talk about wrestling. We really do appreciate it. We'd love to hear from anybody. FNSWrestling at gmail.com comes to me. Uh, FNS underscore wrestling underscore podcast on Instagram. That is run by Jack. And then you can leave a comment on YouTube if you're one of the people, the 50 or so people, 40, 50 people that listen on there. Feel free to leave a comment in YouTube and I promise you will hear back from me however you reach out to us. At this point, we do not have such a huge fan base that I can't get back to everybody that comments. So I will do that if you give us some feedback. Let us know what you think about wrestling in general, the wrestling we review, the podcast in general. Any questions you have for us, we would love to have questions to answer from fans on our show. So please reach out, contact us, and we'll definitely get back to you. You may even get mentioned on an episode of our podcast. But that being said, I think I'm going to wrap things up. I hope to see you back here on Saturday for episode 69. And until then, take care.